season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. If you can rate the podcast, if you can review the podcast, wherever you do listen to the podcast, it would also be greatly appreciated. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Eric Warren, is with me, but we have a really special guest host of Overdrive on TSN and TSN Radio. Brian Hayes is with us. Brian, my man, how you doing? I'm great, boys. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you coming on. So why don't we just jump right into it? Um, let's start with your Green Bay Packers, Brian. They, uh, they're winners of three in a row. Uh, really, uh, really entertaining game on Sunday night a couple weeks ago. Then they had a, a nice convincing win over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're 3-1. and one. How are you feeling about your Green Bay Packers so far? I'm feeling a lot better than I did after week one. I, I can <laughs> tell you that. I mean, I think every Packer fan on earth was really panicked because uh, it was a very uneasy offseason. It was a very unique offseason, really. I mean, it, it kind of there was some nostalgia there back with the far I'm retiring. I'm not retiring days, different context, considering it was Rogers. And we know that he had issues with the front office and the GM and the president, but there were some leaks that maybe he was contemplating retirement. So you had to wonder where's his head at? Uh, how badly did he really want to be here? And, you know, I, I thought that game set up well for them because it was a neutral site game. It was down in Jacksonville. You knew there were going to be a ton of Packer fans there, which there were, and they were terrible. Like, it was on both sides of the ball. They were awful. Like, they defense was on the field all night. Rodgers couldn't complete plays. Devontae Adams, his routes looked off. Like, everything looked discombobulated. And it was panic time at that point. But like they have in the past, and the famous words of Aaron Rodgers, just relax. You know, he, he's, he was spelling it out. Um, they come back with really not a great first half against the Lions on Monday night, but that was, I think, more Jared Goff, for whatever reason, decided he was going to play well for, for, you know, 30 minutes. And then they took off in the second half and the rest is history. And I think that win in San Francisco is a significant one because that stadium has caused them a lot of problems in years past. Uh, there was a Monday nighter a few years ago. They got their doors blown off. And then they were there for the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago, a game I was in attendance for. And uh, it was it was men against boys. Like Shanahan just ran all over Lafleur, and uh, the Niners obviously were on pace to go to a Super Bowl, which they did that year. So I think the fact that they were back in Northern California, where Rodgers is from, that win in San Francisco was so significant. I don't know what to make of the Pittsburgh win because I think the Steelers are in big, big trouble. But uh, three and one, it's a bad division. I think they're going to cruise. I thought that before Week One. I wasn't willing to completely adjust after that dud against uh, New Orleans, and I'm happy I didn't because I think they're going to roll towards 11, 12, 13 wins, and, and I think they'll cruise uh, and win the NFC North. 
Yeah, week one feels like a lifetime ago. I can't believe it's already week five. The season needs to slow down. But I want to move on to a primetime game this week. The primetime game so far have absolutely delivered. They've all been great. Buffalo's going into Kansas City in a game that might end up uh, deciding home field advantage throughout the AFC. Do you think the Bills can finally get past this KC hump? Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I think the line currently is is Chiefs two and a half. And I'll bet you that'll move towards Buffalo by kickoff. Um, and I think that's Vegas telling you that if it was a neutral site game, the Bills would actually be favored. Um, I, I think the Bills are actually moving in a similar trajectory to where the Packers are at. That week one loss against Pittsburgh is really tough to figure out now that you look back on it, the way the Bills have played since then and the way Pittsburgh's played since then. But they had to get that early kind of humbling moment out of the way in week one. And since then, they have they have completely taken off on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think they're as talented as any team in, in football. Um, I think you could make a strong argument they're the best team in the NFL. And I think this week is a big opportunity for them to prove that. Um, the Chiefs, you know, we know their backstory. We know the issues that they've run into this year, problems in the secondary. Uh, they've turned the ball over a fair amount, but I, I think the Bills will roll in there and do what the Chargers did a couple of weeks ago. I, I think the Bills are going to win on Sunday night. I think it's going to be a big statement. I think they're looking at a two or three loss season. I think they're that good. Um, and I think this is as much as last week, the primetime game on Sunday night was about history and looking back, Brady, Belichick, 20 years. I think this one is actually going to be the better football game. And this one is more about the future. Uh, in the AFC with Allen and Mahomes uh, going at it. And I could see these two teams playing a ton over the next 10 or 12 years and, and being massive games, the games you circle on the schedule. So I, I can't wait. I think this has the potential to be the game of the season. And I like the Bills. I like the way they're coming in. I like the way they're playing. I like the way they're built. Um, and I think it's a, it's a much bigger platform for them to make a statement. Kansas City's made their statements. They've won Super Bowls. They've been to Super Bowls. Um, so I, I think the Bills might it might be a pick 'em in Vegas come come kickoff maybe not quite but I, I'm on the Bills this Sunday I think they'll play well I think they're going to win. So I'm going to piggyback off um, off what Eric said previously. It's already week five. Cannot believe the NFL season's going by so fast. Through four weeks, Brian, what has kind of been the your favorite storyline, or what what are you looking forward to now that there's already been four weeks of the season? Well, I, I think we've got some races that that are really going to be worthy of keeping an eye on. I, I think Arizona is probably, it should be one of the bigger stories of this season, but it hasn't been yet. Cause I really think this last week was all about Brady Belichick. Like they, they just completely took over the whole NFL uh, conversation. And when the dust settled after Sunday night, I think a lot of people probably looked at the standings and said, wait a minute, Arizona's four and oh, they just went into to they, they went into a game with the Rams and and smoked them. Like Kyler Murray at this point very well could be the MVP of the season. It shouldn't be a surprise. He went first overall for a reason. But I think that that battle out in the NFC West um, and the AFC West, like those are the two divisions right now, both on the West Coast of the country, that I, I think have the potential for for fireworks. Um, I think the Garoppolo injury, we'll see what that means for Trey Lance and the Niners. If they can keep pace, I'm not sure they can. Um, the depth of Seattle is always in question, but if you have Russ, you've got a shot, but I think Rams Cardinals 
And I think again in the NFC West, you got four teams with with winning records. I mean, the Chiefs are five hundred, and they're they're coming up the back end. So I think the the West divisions in the AFC and the NFC they are going to be the focal point. And then I think it's the contrast of older quarterbacks and younger quarterbacks, and and which ones kind of get through the season. I think Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh um, has the potential to really implode. Uh, I don't think they have a better option. And Tomlin basically said that he's like, this is the best thing we've got is Roethlisberger, but he looks finished. He looks like he can't throw the ball downfield. The amount of times he has checked down on fourth and long or fourth and five, fourth and seven. It's actually crazy. He's not even looking down the field. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with Ben. We know the history of that, that team and, and that franchise, but it looks like it could get ugly in Pittsburgh and then on the other side of it, the young quarterbacks, can Zach Wilson, is he going to throw enough interceptions to pass Peyton Manning's record? I know he doesn't want to hold on to that, but I think it's potentially going to be there. Obviously, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, what happens with the kids? If Trey Lance ends up actually starting, I think Justin Fields should stay in Chicago. So I think we talked a lot about the young quarterbacks coming into the league and will they get the opportunity, will they not? At this point, I think we could be looking at Lance, Fields, Jones, Lawrence, Wilson, all starting and all playing. So which one's going to survive? I don't think any of them are going to the playoffs, um, but I, I'm curious to see which one of the five quarterbacks, or maybe there's multiple guys who by the end of the season kind of find it. Does it click for them where you can expect them to carry it over to next year? It absolutely pains me to say this, but Brendan and I have both been impressed by the Dallas Cowboys so far. Have you been impressed by them, or do you still have some concerns? No, I've I've been very impressed. I, I've been I think that offensive line is arguably the best offensive line in football. Like you look at the ratings. I saw a stat the other day. They've got three guys on their line that rank I think in the top ten or top twenty in in the league right now in terms of effectiveness and their ability to to obviously you know dictate the line of scrimmage, but whether it's rushing the ball, passing the ball. I mean, that line is stacked and their offense is stacked. Um, so they got two things going for them. I don't know if their defense is going to hold up. I don't know if their defense is going to be good enough. I don't know if it'll survive, but I think their offense, if Dak stays healthy, is going to be a top 10 offense in the league this year. And I don't think anything of the division, you know, like the, the, I know, I believe you guys are Eagles fans. I don't like Philly's chances of getting any more than six or seven. Come on, wins. Brian. I, it's just, you guys, you guys have been watching it, man. It is not a good scene. Like, no, it's not. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is effectively a rookie too, right? Like, we don't include him with the five rookies who just got drafted and came in, but he's got to learn the league. Mm -hmm. So, I think he's in trouble. The Giants aren't any good. I thought Washington would be better than this, and maybe they stick around. You know, maybe Heineke keeps them in it. That defense, I think, has way more in them. I think they can be better. I think they will be by the end of the season. So I think the Cowboys, you know, their offense is, is going to stay stacked, and I think their division, they, they might eat a little bit. They might chew up on the division, and if they go, you know, four and two, something like that, four and two, five and one against their division, that's going to put them in a position, I think, to probably win the NFC. So I don't see them as, as Super Bowl caliber teams. I don't think they're in that category, but I think they're probably going to get to 10 or 11 wins, win the division. And from that standpoint, it's, it's better than what we've seen out of them in the past. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually think they're going to start running away with this thing. They have like one of the easier schedules for the rest of the year. It doesn't look like Philly's doing anything. Washington's kind of scraping by with Heineke. So yeah, I agree. I think they're actually going to run away with the NFC. All right, Brian, we're going to get you out of the way on this one. 
Um, I got to get your opinion on the Urban Meyer story. Uh, a lot's going around right now. Michael Lombardi was going um, was saying that there's tensions and it could get ugly. Uh, he didn't he didn't fly home with the team. I think that's kind of the biggest problem with this whole story. What do you make of Urban Meyer so far in Jacksonville? Well, it's an unmitigated disaster. I mean, it, it has been really since he got there. Like, this is a classic example of a team overthinking it. He, his college pedigree speaks for itself. You know, outside of Nick Saban, he's he's the most successful, greatest college coach of the last 20 years, 25 years. Uh, but this is not college. And he did not prove to me almost immediately that he understood the difference between the two. When he signed Tebow, I thought that was a joke. I blasted him for that. That was such an embarrassment that you bring in Tim Tebow because he was your boy in Florida. Like that, that immediately sent a message, I think, to the rest of the roster that this is like, this is housely. You know, this is a camp and everyone gets an opportunity. And hey, here comes good guy Tim Tebow. He's 34 years old, never played tight end. Why is he here? And, and we saw the video, we saw the tape of him, um, you know, during scrimmages, during practices and just getting blown up and putting other guys in bad positions because he was Urban Meyer's buddy. That was an embarrassment. That was one of the first strikes. We know about the hiring that he was adamant about that obviously had a ton of, of red flags surrounding it. Um, but I'm, I think it's going to come down to a couple of things because the, the stuff about him not flying back from Cincinnati, we had Joe Thomas on our show yesterday and Joe said he's never heard anything like that in the history of the NFL. Yeah. He's never heard of a coach not being on the plane with the team flying home. It's, he said it's, it's never happened, let alone 0-4, and you've got fires that have been ignited in a lot of ways self-inflicted, uh, and you're not even with the team. Like that, that is such a horrible message. And then he puts himself in the compromising position at the bar, and he's doing what he's doing, and everyone knows what was going on. He wasn't getting dragged on the dance floor. Like, come on. Like, everyone knows it. The whole team knows it. So I think 52 players in that room probably don't respect them, don't care for them, maybe are goofing on them, don't trust them because they know there's going to be a lot of roster turnover and it's going to be Urban Meyer that's going to cut them in the future. So if it were up to 52 guys in the room, the owner, the GM, it probably would be the end for Urban Meyer and it probably should be. The question is the one roster spot that happens to be Trevor Lawrence. That is what I think the evaluation is going to come down to. If you're the owner and you're the, you know, you're in management down there, if you believe Urban Meyer is the guy, the guy to develop Trevor Lawrence and bring him to the promised land, you're probably willing to look past everything else. You maybe shouldn't, but that team is made up of Trevor Lawrence and everyone else. Um, and, and I think that's what it's going to come down to with Urban Meyer because it's an absolute disaster. I don't think he's made for the pros. I don't think it's going to work. Uh, I, w I would personally cut bait and move on, but it's a lot of money. You know, I think the owner's sitting there saying, I prefer he resigns as opposed to firing him. Then maybe you can work on a buyout. So it might be a little bit of a standoff at this point, but I think ultimately it comes down to Trevor Lawrence. What's in his best interest? What is he thinking? What's going to make him the best possible quarterback in two or three years? And if they truly believe that's Urban Meyer, and they probably truly believed it was when they hired him, then they might stick with that plan. Brian, my man, thanks so much for hopping on. Before you go, why don't you tell the listeners anything you want them to take a look at and plug in your social media? Yeah, just check us out daily, 4 to 7 on Overdrive. We're on TSN 1050 in Toronto. Uh, you can stream online, tsn1050.ca. Watch us on TSN 4 and 
Um, we're there Monday through Friday, myself, the O-Dog Noodles, talking all types of sports, a lot of NFL. And uh, you find me on Twitter, Instagram, the whole nine. So uh, we're always barking away. And uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks so much. Awesome, Brian. Enjoy your day. Thanks, guys. That is Brian Hayes, again, of Overdrive on TSN and TSN Radio. You can listen to him starting at 4 o'clock Monday to Friday. Just want to let you know this episode is sponsored by CoolBet. CoolBet is the most transparent gaming company in the world. CoolBet also provides the best odds in Canada with world-class customer service. For first-time users, use deposit code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK, for a 100% welcome bonus up to $200 when signing up with CoolBet. That's code DOINK, D-O-I-N-K, DOINK, and CoolBet will match your first deposit up to $200. Give our friends at Coolback Canada a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Coolback Canada. Coolback, stay cool and bet responsibly. Brian Hayes of TSN Overdrive. Again, you can listen to that on TSN Radio or watch on TV on TSN 4 every weekday starting at 4 o'clock. Brian Hayes is the man, one of our favorites here at the Double Dog Podcast. He was talking about Urban Meyer Warrensy, I think. We should tail onto that conversation here a little bit. Um, I said the other day that it wasn't a big deal, the video. I just want to get across that I meant the video itself of him dancing there or the girl dancing, and it wasn't, in my opinion, that big of a deal. I think the whole situation, though, is a big deal. I, I kind of dove into more. We talked about, Brian talked about the canceled meetings. He did not, he did not, or sorry, Brian, Brian talked about him not going on the flight home. My apologies. Then I dug more into it. He canceled the team meeting on the Monday. He went to individual team meetings. So he went to every individual position group, offensive line, defensive line, cornerback, et cetera, and told them individually, which is insanity. And if you look at it, it was his bar. Like I did some research. It's his bar. The bar is named after Urban Meyer. There's a picture of Urban Meyer and his wife on the wall of the bar. It's, it's an absolute <laughs> joke. Like, I love what Brian said. Uh, he relayed through Joe Thomas. Like, he's never heard of a coach. No not. one. Like, it's not just Joe. I've heard multiple interviews of people saying this. Like, never. For it coach, never happens. For a coach not to fly back with the team is absurd. Yes. And then. After a, a horrible loss. Yeah. <laughs> and, like you said, to apologize to each position group individually is just. It's like just the worst way to go. Just be a man. I know. Get, Suck it up and go in front of the team. Be a man. Get up there and at least try to salvage what little bit of respect you have left from that group. But there's there's no way anyone in that locker room respects him right now. And hundred percent. I don't know. It's got to be getting to the point where like, how much longer do you want this guy around, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, exactly. And that's what. <laughs> and didn't he? I think in in the interview he goes. Just like I told Trevor Lawrence when he was uh, going on that bachelor party. It's like, why are you bringing Trevor Lawrence into this? He, he didn't do anything wrong. But Trevor Lawrence is allowed to go to a bachelor party. He's 24 years old. You're over 50 and you're a grandfather. Like, you can't be doing that. It's just, it's insanity. I, I think he's got to go. And I think he actually will go. I don't think this is lasting too much longer. I, I don't know if he gets away with this. As of right now, it looks like he is, but we shall see. Uh, uh, I mean, they got Tennessee this week. If. I think the players in that locker room, if they come out and just basically don't play, like yeah. if they play like they are trying to get their coach fired, you almost have your hand is forced. You have to, you have to ax them. Like I don't like, uh, I really don't like when players almost try to get their coach fired. But in this situation, it might just be one of those 
those times where the players are done with him. And if, yep. hey, if they come together as a group and want him out, he's got to go. 100%. I, I, think, I think this week's going to be telling. Just kind of see how this team reacts to it. Uh, big, big, I guess, big news. I don't know if it's big news. Uh, Stephon Gilmore traded to Carolina Panthers today for a six-round pick in 2023. I like the fit. I, I, think, uh, I think Carolina had some issues against Dallas's offense last week with man coverage. I, I think like, you can't really play zone a lot against Dallas. Like, look, what, look what they did to the Eagles. I think you got to kind of man up on these on these wide receivers sometimes. Like, I'm not saying you can't play zone in general, but like you got to mix it up. You got to have some man coverage in there. Looks like Carolina struggled without J.C. Horn going man to man. So this is this looks like a really good deal for them. Yeah, I mean Gilmore uh, went to South Carolina. He is a Carolina guy. It's a kind of a homecoming for him. I think he'll be happy there. That's pretty cool. And yeah. He, I've never heard a coach say, oh, I have too many cornerbacks. So exactly, getting a cornerback uh, is always a good thing, especially an elite one. It sounds like the quad injury he's recovering from, it sounds like he's pretty much good to go. He just needs to get uh, his cardio up and get back into football shape. So uh, I think week seven, is he eligible week six? Or week seven. Week seven. Is he so going to yeah. play his first game? Week seven, we'll see him in a Carolina uniform. I, I think that's a good fit. Yeah, I like to trade a lot for them. This division is up for grabs, in my opinion, too. So I know they're three and one, but like they have a tougher schedule coming up. Uh, they're gonna have to prove it. Like they, they kind of just, I think it was more of a, a wake up call that Dallas game than the first three games. So I, I really like the deal for them. And again, only twenty twenty three six round pick. Like sign me up if you're if you're if you're Carolina. Yeah, I just don't understand the NFL. How do like quality players always get traded for sixth and fifth round pick? <laughs> money well he's older and his money right you just want to get anything like he's 30 and his contract expires at the end of the year i don't but so say carolina was able to offer a sixth you're telling me tampa bay couldn't offer a fifth or again uh, that's, like, a good, that's a good point that's maybe. what i'm saying maybe, like, maybe I, I actually think what happened is carolina kind of swooped in and offered the trade offer i don't think many people were offering trades yeah they were just sense. hoping hoping you get cut. cut yeah and i think this kind of caught people off but off guard. He's also from Carolina, so there's there's some there's some uh, connection there. I think Tampa and Green Bay could have used him. I think there's a bunch of teams that could have used him. I think there's probably a lot of disappointed teams in the NFL right now that they didn't get the the chance to uh, at least talk to or sign Stephon Gilmore. Um, okay, I don't think I have anything else. Why don't we jump in and buy ourselves? All righty, we're bringing back a segment we ran last year. Fire cell, you know, I don't think you've ever heard of it before. You know, it's Crazy. not like it's on every on every podcast, but we, we we thought we'd add it in this week. But fire cell is brought to you by Manscaped. It's football season, baby, and you know what that means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time for you to join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code DOINK at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. It's three and out the window with all other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. The world is starting to open up, and the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find their brand new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, crop, res- crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts. The Boxer Briefs and Shed Travel Bag. Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and key for great grooming and hygiene <coughs> routine to make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping, code DOINK. Alrighty, buy or sell. Kansas City Chiefs defense will be a bottom five unit all year. Buy. Uh, their defense stinks. I don't know if anyone has realized that. I talked on the podcast a couple weeks ago. After two weeks, how bad their run defense was. It's not gotten any better. If you watch that Eagles game, the Eagles left three touchdowns on the board. They had three touchdowns called back from penalties. So they already scored 30 points. You add on a potential another 21 there. It's 51. The Eagles did not punt. The Eagles, they couldn't force Eagles to punt. The Eagles did not punt the ball once all game. Here's some stats for you if you don't believe me here. Analytically, they are the worst defense. And it's, again, not even close. Kansas City defense is dead last in EPA per play so far by 0.24 points. That's an astounding mark to be that last by that many points. Like that's half, a quarter of a point ahead, worse than the team ahead of them. Dead last in defensive DVOA by 7.3%. Again, another crazy margin. Dead last in rush defense DVOA by 8.5%. The only pass defense worse than them is Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's pass defense is horrendous. So they're, 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 that's, that's their company is Jacksonville Jaguars. Pass defense. This is going to be a top five, de- bottom five defense the whole year, unless some, uh, unless they make a trade or, or what, or uh, who knows. But buy, buy this all day. I, I, what, what have they proven that they can get better? Yeah, this one was really tough for me. I'm... But how was it tough? How, what have they shown you that they can be better? Like, what, what are you, what are you hanging on to? I think Chris Jones is a better player than he's been playing so far. I don't, I, they just, I don't think that they can t- can continue to be this bad. Like you just said, like 0.24 EPA per play. Worse than the 31st ranked team. Like that's, it's so ugly. That's astounding. <laughs> and yeah, it, so much concern from this weekend. I mean, no disrespect to Jalen Hurts, but for an Eagles offense down four starting offensive linemen to put up 460 yards of offense. That's pathetic. And if you want to even get like those are analytics stats, I can get I can throw you like non-analytic stats. Yards per play, dead last. Yards per game, dead last. Like they're dead last everywhere. You know, like I I I get your Chris Jones point. He's probably better and he might pick up the pace a little bit, but like he's not gonna single-handedly take care of his defense back. They need like to make a move. Like they need to like add someone to trade deadline. Yeah. Or something. Like you that's and this this brushes off to like a bigger question. Like you can't win a Super Bowl as a 32nd ranked defense, can you? Like no. There's no way. No, you absolutely cannot. Yeah. And I mean, Buffalo's rolling into Arrowhead this week. I don't think it's getting better this exactly. week. Exactly. But I trust Andy Reid. I think he's a good coach. Steve Spagnola, I'm 50-50 on. I don't know. I think... When he's playing Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think the unit has talent with Matthew and Jones. I think they can play better. I'm not, I, I think they will be a bottom 10 unit all year. I just think, I think that they can be better. So you're than selling what this. You're not selling I'm this. Selling oh, that stinks. All righty. Stink. Next one, <laughs> buy or sell. Philadelphia Eagles will end up with three top 10 picks this upcoming draft. I'm going to sell this. I'm going to sell this hard. It's probably, there is maybe a one to 5% chance in that range that it happens. But the most likely scenario I will say for this is they're two or one. Uh, either Miami or Philly will be a bottom 10, or both are. But I don't think Indianapolis's pick, if they do even get it, will be a bottom 10 pick. It'd be really tough for that to happen. Like, just, just looking at the circumstances of it, like, Indy would have to, one, have Carson Wentz play 75% of the snaps and be a bottom 10 team. That, those, to me, don't correlate. Um, I think the most likely scenario is that Miami or Philly are a bottom 10 team and they get one. 
or two. I'd probably put them both maybe at an even percentage, but I I, I doubt all three will. It, it could happen, but like I wouldn't get your hopes up. But hey, two top ten picks is pretty darn good as well. So I'm buying this. I think Miami is going to be a bottom bottom ten team okay, this so, year. And I like, think Philly is as well. Okay, I I can get around that. I just like Brian said. People are, I think, are kind of forgetting. Jalen Hurts is basically a rookie. Yes. Like, rookie quarterbacks struggle. Yeah, he's played eight games. Yeah. He's played, and, he has eight career NFL starts. And he, it's been up and down, yes, right? It has been. We've seen the offensive line be banged up a bit. They're hopefully getting their tackles back this week, which they will be are huge. getting their tackles back this week. But I, I must, I actually think there, there's, there's a realistic shot the Eagles are a bottom 10 team. You don't have to convince me that. Yeah. It's the Colts the you Colts have to convince me on. I. I guess yeah, I I think the Colts will be a bottom uh, ten pick. But with Carson Wentz playing seventy five percent snaps, like that's a lot. You need a lot of things to happen there. You need them to like kind of just lose the last four games of the year, right? That yeah. kind of thing. Like that's how you have to look at it. I guess too with his O line being banged up, that doesn't help his health. Yeah, like I I, I think in I I actually think Indy will be. I think we are going to get that first round pick, but I don't think it's going to be bottom ten. I think the Colts are going to finish in there like. 11 to 14 range if they don't win the NFC South or the AFC South. The NFC South is awful right now. They're yeah. one and three and one game back. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're one and three. Yeah, exactly. And the Titans are two and two with like, who knows how good Tennessee is right now. So they're a hard yeah. team to evaluate. So, yeah, this is something we're going to monitor. But yeah. all all three of those teams with those picks are one. I and think three. we should add an Eagles draft pick watch on every Cordell Patterson touch watch <laughs> yeah. we have every Monday. Uh, but yeah, I know right. like, it's 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 possible, but I would if Eagles fans don't care how up. Buy or sell. Justin Herbert will finish the season as a consensus top five quarterback. Buy this all day long. I've been preaching Justin Herbert um since the beginning of the year. I've been preaching the Chargers since the beginning of the year. I thought minus three was an absolute just lock of a century the other night against the Raiders. Bye, 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 bye. I'm with you. I love everything about the guy. I'm buying that too. I think he's going to be a top five quarterback by the end of the year. And I, I don't think he'll be five. I think he's got that much talent. I'm loving what Brandon Staley is doing. I love the aggressiveness in his yes, play calling. Yes, yes. He know you have a quarterback that can absolutely sling it. Let him sling it. Yes. You got the weapons with uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and I even like Jared Cook as a nice little signing there. He's turned out to be all right. So. Yeah, give me give me more of Justin Herbert. Yeah, I'm agreed. loving what I'm seeing. Agreed. Buy or sell. Big Ben is benched by week eight. I had a tough one on this. Um, who are they benching him for? Is the question right? Like, are you gonna put Dwayne Haskins in? Mason Rudolph. Uh, I no. don't know. <laughs> like, that's the key. Like, they don't have a good backup. And th- this is an interesting conversation. Why didn't they draft Jalen Hurts two years ago? They had a four. They did draft Chase Claypool at forty-eight instead of Hurts. But again, like this is a team that was screaming, "We need a quarterback in the building to start developing." Like they, they, it doesn't take rocket science to realize that Big Ben Roethlisberger is getting old. He's getting bad. Like you just had to watch games last year. I don't get why this front office wasn't more proactive about trying to find his replacement earlier. I don't think they had a second round grade on Hurts. Yeah. I don't think a lot of teams. No, did. I know. Not even just Jalen Hurts. Like just. Anybody. anybody yeah, yeah. like hurts is just an example and hey hurts is actually outplaying his expectations my opinion as a second round pick so that's far. a conversation for another story uh, another day but uh, Dwayne haskins is gonna come in by week eight i don't know i'm gonna buy this like there's n- i 
I can't picture either Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph being worse than what Big Ben is right now because one thing I'll, one thing on Ben's side I have to admit is this O-line is bad. Awful. Especially in pass protection. So, so bad. But the thing is, Ben is so immobile. Doesn't help it at all. It doesn't help. At least Haskins, get Haskins in there. Maybe he can make some plays with his legs. At least get out of the pocket and do something. But Agreed. Big Ben's just a sitting duck there. And two times this year, or two times last week against uh, Green Bay, they had fourth and four or fourth and six. And he, he was forced to throw the ball one or two yards because guys were barreling down on him. He couldn't, his receivers couldn't even get to the sticks in time. Like, yeah. it's, it's a mess. But I just think Rudolph or Haskins at least give him some sort of mobility back there. Yeah, I well, Haskins can't run either. He's they're both slow. <laughs> I gotta get your argument, but I don't think like Haskins was like the slowest quarterback of the other of the draft cycle a couple years ago. That guy can't run for crap. Mason Rudolph, like we've seen Rudolph, like you know what he is at this point. I think you'd be going Haskins over Rudolph. Like I, what what I don't think putting Rudolph solves anything. I do think putting Haskins could potentially solve something, but. It I'm can't gonna get it. worse. Is I, what yeah. my my argument is. It can't get worse, but I'm gonna sell it just because I don't know if week eight is the right time. Week thirteen or week twelve potentially, if they're kind of fighting for their playoff lives and they need a spark. But I, I think week eight's too early. Alrighty, buy or sell. Brian brought this one up on our interview. Zach Wilson will break Peyton Manning's rookie interception record. Manning through 28 in his rookie season. Wilson is sitting at eight so, so far. So eight through four games. So if you're just doing averages here, um, he would be breaking it. Like he's on pace. I'm going to sell it. I don't think he's as bad as a core. Like, you're not as bad as a quarterback. I don't think he's going to be throwing as many receptions as he has over the first few weeks. I'm going to sell it. I think 20 is a lot. I know he's at eight already, but 20, you're asking for 20 in the next 13 games. So. He has the extra game. Remember? Yeah, that's true. I don't My, know. I think that I think it's going to be right. I think it's going to be close. This is a hard one. Yeah. I'm going to sell it as well because remember, four of the eight came against Bill Belichick. Exactly. He's already played also Vic Fangio. So he's played two tough defenses. He is going to have to face Bill Belichick again, but at least he has some tape where he can look at. I don't think he'll throw four again in that game. But then you look at the other side of it. This Zach Wilson has no fear whatsoever. No, he's he, a gunslinger. He throws the ball <laughs> yeah. down the field no matter yeah. what. So I think it's going to be close. This is another one we're going to have to monitor, but I'm going to sell it for now. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Last one here, buy or sell. Jameis Winston will be the starting quarterback in New Orleans the entire season. It's a tough one. Um, He's not terrible analytically like i haven't watched a ton of james winston so i can't like give you my eye test take so i was looking at stats earlier today on him he's not awful analytically like he's 15th in epa per play i think he's like 17th or 18th in dvoa um and i haven't but i only did the analytic kind of look up on him what's the, the what's the you could taste some hill like uh, is that, that's your goal you know what i mean like who are you going with yeah i just i'm still gonna sell the um i think you gotta give him the whole year yeah so do i i just think sean payton has some weird obsession with Taysom hill but we saw what that was last year and i don't i think winston still brings the higher ceiling for this team 
Um, Agreed. But yeah, Peyton has some weird obsession with Hill. And I mean, I like the way they're using Hill this year as it makes more sense. He had two touchdowns. Yeah, it makes more sense. So when it says 17th DVM, my apologies for cutting you off. But yeah. It makes more sense to use Hill more now because you're not taking a Hall of Famer off the field anymore. Agreed. So use I like the way they're using Hill, but yeah, I think Winston will remain starter all year. Yeah, I like. Excuse me, don't don't do it, Peyton. Don't start Taysom Hill. It's not the the light is not it's not, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. What are you watching for this week? All right, what am I watching for? Um, this is going to be a, kind of a, a Socrates one first. But Buffalo versus Kansas City, I got, I got to be, yeah. uh, I got to be all over this one. I cannot wait for this matchup. I actually really, really like Buffalo money line right now. If you're in the, for the betting aspect, really just watching for this game, I'm gonna be kind of itching for it all, all day. I, I think see, I think these are two of the top four eight teams in the AFC going at it, or two of the top five, depending on who you talk to. If you're just really looking to see if this Kansas City Chiefs defense we talked about earlier can can put up any sort of fight, Buffalo's offense is humming right now. Uh, Josh Allen isn't playing the greatest football. He's actually uh, like he's he's kind of he's kind of middle of the pack in all the analytic stats as well. So I'm I'm looking to see if he can bounce back against this Chiefs defense who's not been able to stop anyone. So that and we'll see the Buffalo's defense is number one in the NFL right now. They're rocking it. So we'll see if they can slow down the Chiefs offense. I know it's a sucker's one for my first one, but that's what I'm watching. No, it's obviously the game of the week. <coughs> you know Buffalo's had this game circled on their schedule since yep. it came out. Um, I'm actually seeing plus threes available on Kubat right now. I might actually lock that in now because I, I can't imagine it staying at three yep. until kickoff. Um, but no, that's going to be an awesome game. And it's Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend. Yes, sir. Fill up on turkey and Cannot pumpkin wait. pie. Oh. Get some beers. We Stuffing got, is my favorite. Stuffing's the one. We got Stuffing's the one. We got Monday off this weekend. Oh, it's a perfect, yeah. perfect time for a doozy of a Sunday nighter. Game I'm really looking forward to this weekend would be the LA Chargers taking on the Cleveland Browns. I just said uh, how much I'm loving Justin Herbert and his potential is sky high. And I've said it before on this podcast, Cleveland's defense, I think their potential is sky high. I think these are two, an offense and a defense, both going in the right direction. Um, let's see what gives. Like Who's going who's gonna to come out and beat who? I think it's going to be a great game. All right, my last one is I'm really looking forward to seeing if Baker Mayfield can bounce back against the Chargers. Uh, I, think, I think he's played really bad football the last two games. The Chargers defense played really well against the Raiders. The Chargers defense played really well against the Chiefs the week before that. Really looking forward to seeing if Baker Mayfield can get out of the slump. And if he can't, like you're not going to be able to hide a bad offense against the Chargers defense like you have been kind of in the past couple weeks. Uh, the Chargers are going to be able to score points. I don't know how much against the Browns defense. Who knows? I don't think you're getting only seven points like you did the vikings so let's see if baker mayfield can bounce back and step up yep yep um sorry i just gotta look something up uh yeah it hasn't been announced yet but what i would be really looking forward to is i'm hoping that trey lance gets the start this week he is i think jimmy grapple did not practice he hasn't practiced yet i'm seeing he's listed as questionable but it's a calf i i think i think lance is gonna start yeah, so that that's what I'll be watching for this weekend is if he if it's he the gets Cardinals to start. Too. Exactly. Every NFC West game this year is going to be yeah. must watch. Like I really uh really want to see what Trey Lance can do up against an up and coming Arizona defense. Can Arizona off a statement win have another good game? This might be a little bit of a letdown spot after an emotional win. So, yeah, let's see what Trey Lance can do against this up and coming Arizona team. 
Thursday night football, LA Rams on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Another NFC yeah, matchup. Yeah, there you go. Two of them this weekend. We'll finish on this one. I think this is, this is well, I don't think. This is probably, this is the best Thursday night football game of the year. Um, maybe the home opener or the season opener. No. But, well, it's Cowboys. Like it. Yeah, this one, this one's cool. Uh, I really like the Rams on the road at minus two and a half right now. Sign me up with that. I know there's so many trends of taking like road road favorites on on prime time. I know, I know, I know, but I just I think the, I think the Rams just got their asses whooped. They're gonna be coming back hungry off a short week. I think Sean McVay puts up a good offensive game plan against this the Seahawks defense. Can't stop nobody right now. Like exactly. they're they're 28th in passing yards allowed. Um, they're 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 not a, they're 24th in defensive DVOA. Like they're, they're, this this pass defense, well, I don't think can control them. You only have to score a win by a field goal, so I, I like that. But like again, it's a, it's it's a tough one to convince people on just because the trends and just like uh, it's a divisional matchup. But minus two and a half Rams, I, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I'm taking Rams as well. What you said, a, a good team off an embarrassing loss. That's yeah. what I'm. Uh... That's kind of my that's kind of my philosophy on it too. That's my philosophy. I'm yeah. not going to overthink. I don't love it. I'm not going crazy yeah. or anything on it because I mean I hate betting against Russell Wilson. Yes. Uh, you know it's a Seahawks game. It's gonna come down to the last possession. So it will be worth watching. Looking forward to it. Anytime touchdowns. Tyler Higby plus two hundred. Russell Wilson plus three hundred. Deshaun Jackson. Plus 300. Oh, I like that Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> Deshaun Jackson. The Seahawks have no secondary. Yeah, exactly. There's a little deep shot over the top. Uh, this, this, These are teams are really, it's hard to find value on. Like, I'm looking at Cool Bet right now. Look at this. Cooper Cup minus 137. Chris Carson minus 114. Darrell Henderson minus 111. Tyler Lockett minus 105. DK Metcalf minus 105. You got five guys with minus odds to find the end zone. Vegas is expecting a shootout. Uh, I stay away from the minus odds. I try to find in that little 200 range. So I like those three guys um, to hit. Uh, anything else, Warrens, you got? No. I'll, well, actually, I something just quickly while we're on Seattle here. I brought it up on the weekend wagers with Ziad. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on it. The Seattle Seahawks, how they're using Jamal Adams, they're basically just using him as a run-plugging safety. Yeah, he's, not, he's a box safety now. He's not in coverage at all. They gave up two first-round picks and are paying him like the highest safety in the NFL. To do a job you can almost any, I don't want to say any safety can do, yeah. but like, what a horrible <laughs> use of resources. And when he yeah. does drop in coverage, he's been absolutely burned. I know. They're regretting that trade big time. Uh, he hasn't been good basically since the beginning of last year. Like, this is, this is now like a two year trend. Um, yeah, they're, they're regretting that trade. Uh, uh, huge. And you'll, you'll, you'll see it on Thursday Night Football. We'll see if he yeah, can. Uh, well, Someone slow down though. If you're paying a safety as much money as he's making and he's not going to be covering any of these Rams receivers, like that's just got to drive a defensive coordinator nuts. I will be back tomorrow with Eagles talk with Deeg with Thomas Peterson. If you're looking for some Eagles coverage, you can tune into that. Warren Z will be back with Ziad for weekend wagers on Friday. And we will talk to you later.